a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. You know, Pastor Wolfner, they have those uh, techniques of getting, uh, like, people who are holding people hostage out and they'll like do loud yeah. pitch noises to make them go crazy yes. and just let I think what they're doing now is putting table talk radio on loudspeakers and like okay I'm sorry I'm I'm coming out hands <laughs> up I surrender I think that's been the most effective table talk tool. radio in the in the hands of the Taliban <laughs> yeah that's right yeah just blasting table talk radio over there that everybody will surrender ah well yeah. we got a great show in store we're we're going to get an update on what's going on in Texas since we have a, yeah. a local resident that can inform us of these things, I haven't heard anything about going on. Man, in Texas. I should have walked down to the, I should walk down to the Capitol today, see what's got, see what's cooking. Yeah, because apparently it's all going crazy. Yeah, I'll see what's going on there. Going uh, down, the protesters are going down and having giving birth right on the steps of the Capitol. <laughs> Does that sound like a Babylon B? Yes, thing? I think that this you... is the craziest thing. I mean, so now it's like, hey, hey, let's not kill the babies, and it's like. Well, are you going to feed the babies you don't kill? This is the protest for this thing. But, you know, in a way, well, I guess we'll talk about this in a little bit, but in a way, it's it's like, um, for me, any, any who, who, you know, you and I are both kind of as pro-life as you could be, I suppose. I, um, the, the, you're you're four unexpected. times more pro-life than I am, though. Wow. So I, one, two, three, four. I, uh, I, I, it's like um, you, you you sort of didn't expect this. It's like, oh wow, look at this, a victory. It's yeah. fifty years in the coming, but I mean, it's and it's only wowzers. kind of a victory. I mean, it's great, but I mean, we're gonna have to see what happens. But hey, we'll talk about that when we get to it. Yeah, okay. uh, and Good. then let's see. We got to, oh, our our listener voicemails. We got to listen to them. One eight hundred three eight five seven six five two. Several of you, like three, have called into that that number. We need to check the messages. It's you know, Dang. I, I think our our average. Uh, a call-in rate is like one per quarter, so it's time for us to knock those out. Uh, wow. <laughs> I know. I, we need to clean it up before the uh, voicemail is all full. That's uh, right. Then I think Three we might have some Preaching to Hollywood to round up today's show. So a stellar show. You, it might I'm sure might don't. rise above mediocrity. Hang around for this yeah. one. Don't look. Don't put the pressure. Yeah, it is a lot of pressure. On. All right. Okay. So I got a I got a buzzword for you. Okay. you ready for that? Yep. Yep. It is shame. Why was I thinking about shame the other day? There's this verse in the Bible where David prays, 
How long, O oh men, will you turn my glory into shame? Remember we talked about that a while back because it's the, the devil snicker strategy mm-hmm. uh, where he says, um, you know, he doesn't argue against our conviction, but rather he just sort of laughs at us. And so we say, hey, I believe God created the world, and the response is not, oh, well, this evidence for evolution is such and such. It's just rather, <clears throat> you know, I mean, this is, this is the devil's response, a snicker. And it and it's, uh, has to do with this idea of shame. Psalm 4, verse 2, how, O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? That's the theological dynamic. So... There's something here, and I, I was thinking about it, especially this morning as I listened to Albert Moeller talking about aspirations and what people understand as the good life, and that understanding of the good life as the thing which people pursue and and which we exalt. So what sort of what what path in life is glorious and what path in life is shameful, and how much that actually matters when it comes to the conscience. I think that's a just a really fascinating thing. So so shame is my buzzword for you. Okay. My buzzword for you is guilt. Uh, I have a couple Whoa. passages for us to think about here. First is James chapter 2, verse 10. says, Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. Uh, so it, it's not as if we can claim some kind of innocence by saying, look, I kept commandments nine, uh, one through nine. It's just that tenth one really got me. So I'm pretty good. I, I'm, I'm working at like a, uh, a B plus. <laughs> Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, by, by sinning against a part of the law, we're guilty of the whole law. And then I want to uh, put that next to, uh, let's say, I think, Mark and also John, where Jesus is standing before Pilate. And what does Pilate say? He examines uh, Jesus, whom... The crowds are wanting him to crucify, and he says, I find no guilt in him. Twice he says that. I find no guilt in him. So here you have Jesus, who has kept the law perfectly, and we who, I mean, such a hypothetical that James put forward too, as if you could keep most of the law and only break one point of it, as if that were a possibility. Uh, we are going around breaking all the law all the time, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but but here's Jesus who is guiltless, and he uh, n- then takes the punishment for our guilt that we would uh, take the uh, the innocence that Jesus has earned his 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 perfect obedience that Jesus has earned. So guilt. I think that shame and guilt. This is a thing to think about. Is both of them have a subjective and an objective sense to them mm-hmm. also. So that's a, I think that's an important thing for us to remember is that there's you, you can feel guilty. That's different than being guilty. Mm-hmm. And you can feel ashamed. That's different than being sh- ashamed. So, that, so that's, I think, an important thing to think about as well. So bo- both uh, guilt and shame are, can have subjective and objective aspects to them. All right, good. Okay, so we have about three minutes uh, in this segment. So give us just a recap for those not paying attention. What has transpired 
in the legislature in Texas as of late. Yeah, it uh, the law and man, I should know more details. We should have some audio from a news report. I think we're going to have in just a few minutes. But uh, the uh, Texas government has passed a law that uh, makes uh, the the fetal heartbeat law, fetal heartbeat law, which makes abortion um, after a heartbeat is detectable in babies in the womb uh, illegal. It's not, and this I don't understand the details of, it's not enforceable by the government, but rather private citizens can bring lawsuits against those who have uh, practiced this or do practice this, which is a really, maybe part of the genius, but maybe also some mm. of the shortcomings of the law. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, so so um, so that's what's in place, and, it's, and it kind of all of a sudden was signed. I, I should have probably, I mean, I didn't even necessarily realize it was coming. That's how much attention I, I was paying. But it came, and then apparently the whole world went berserk about it. So I'm, this has been a great time to not be on social media. Because, <laughs> because Carrie is not not on social media, and she is walking around like this. Whoa, you won't believe it. Whoa, hmm. how crazy everyone's going. Berserk hmm. about this decision, so, right. about this new law. So so what I understand was that it was, um, they asked the Supreme Court to do like a stay or an injunction so that this would not be enforceable until it could be tried or, or arguments could be heard. And the Supreme Court, in a 5-4 decision, decided not to offer that stay. So this will mean that the Texas law is in full force until it is finally challenged. So many think that this is going to be the bill that ends up challenging Roe v. Wade at the Supreme Court level. But I, I agree with you. This is an interesting thing because the, the topic um, has come up often when talking about making abortion illegal is where's the enforceability? Are you going to criminally charge doctors who perform it? Are you going to charge mothers who seek abortion? How? I mean, if, if you're going to make it illegal, just to say it's against the law, uh, only has teeth if there's a punishment. And it is interesting that Texas decided not to pursue doctors criminally, but to make them vulnerable or liable to a lawsuit should they uh, practice uh, an abortion. And uh, I, one of the thoughts I had is, um, again, I'm not sure if that's, uh, I mean, if that's wise or not. I, I think that the jury is out on that. I do wonder how that'll affect, like, um, insurance premiums or things like this. If doctors' malpractice insurance goes up as a result of this, um, if that'll have a trickle effect. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot, lot going yep, on. Th- there is a lot going on, and and it's it's sort of enters into a new frontier of the whole conversation about what it means to be pro life. Now, of course, if we're pro life, we're looking at this and we're saying, look, it's not enough. I mean, while while the heartbeat is an important indicator, it's that's not when you become a human being when your heart stops beating. It's all the way from conception. So we look at this and say that's not an that's not enough. But it is quite a step in the right direction. For that, we thank the Lord and pray that. It'll stand. Absolutely. I think there's always something you said about kind of progressively making steps. And so while we can still affirm that life begins at conception, uh, legislatively to take whatever ground we can is always good and prudent because it's saving lives in the process. So we'll be right right back. More on this on Table Talk Radio. Listeners are sleeping.
The Sunday Drive Home, Grappling with the Text on the Theo Vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. Now, I have a couple of theories, and I need you to let me know which one of them is the accurate one. But the question is why we're no longer on the YouTubes doing this doing this nonsense in front of the webcams. And one of my theories is that perhaps um, the, the, the optics of your co-host was such an attraction that it was starting to take some of the limelight away from you, and you just wanted to put a stop to that right away. Is that maybe one of the... The key reason that YouTube... No, no, that's not one of the key reasons. That's, that's the, the, sole, the reason. sole reason. I thought so. I mean, you know, and I get that a lot. So uh, that, that makes sense. You're, suppo- <laughs> you're supposed to get, you know, you can't get you can't get the model to be your best man at the wedding. That's right. <laughs> it's a it's a horrible idea. So everyone was like, I mean, every comment on the, every video was like, why doesn't Evan have a YouTube video? What the heck? <laughs> Get him on here. What what are we doing? So yeah. that had to stop. I thought it was either that or maybe it was uh, dragging down your YouTube stats. That maybe it was... oh come on, no, no. <laughs> like your your average nothing time could viewed. be farther from the truth. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about this. Look, uh... if I, I thought if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be deplatformed by YouTube, I'm not gonna be deplatformed by something that you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to own it. Yeah, like, like I'm such a martyr. I've been deplatformed. Really, what'd you say? Well, it's actually Nothing. a really good point that Evan had. That yeah, I know. People... <laughs> no way. The fact that was my secret goal. I was going to try to say things during the show. They would get you deplatformed. <laughs> Dang it. All right, you're on to me. All right, so we're talking about this new law in Texas about um, if there's a if a heartbeat can be detected, then a abortion is not to be um, performed. Um, and so one of the one of the points I guess to make about this as you as you hinted at the end of the last segment was people's reaction to this. Now, it's not as if a federal law has been passed and there can no longer be abortions practiced anywhere in the country, although that would be blessed. Right. Uh, that is not the circumstance. The circumstance that we're in is that one state has passed this law and the Supreme Court said we're not going to put a stop to this until we can hear argumentation on both sides. That's the only only thing that happened, really. And mm-hmm. you would think that, I mean, the, the reaction going on, that this is the worst thing in the world, what's going on, how, how can something be so narrowly passed by the Supreme Court, you know, this kind of a thing. Um, and it's, it's as if people are afraid that they're going to lose their holy grail of their right to kill their unborn children. Here's a theory that I've got, and there. so there is this illusion. This comes, I think, from Hegel, although I don't under, ever understand Hegel. But I think that the, the guys who are smarter than me identify this, that, that um, Hegel had this idea of history has an energy to it. There's like a life of history, and it progresses in the, in the dance steps of thesis, antithesis, synthesis, that which becomes the new thesis, and then the antithesis, and then the synthesis. So it's like this. You go, you, you step right, left, center, and then that becomes 
that center step becomes right, then left, then center. And so you're always moving slightly to the left, progressing more and more that direction. And the and that's the you hear that in the background of the like um the progressive politicians will always talk about being on the right side of history, by which they mean being on the left side of history, <laughs> you know. Uh the, the you're on you're part of the progressive left. So it maybe used to be that marriage was supposed to be a, a man and a woman, but now you step left and the center left, and, and then now the marriage is different. It's a man and a man. And, but then that becomes old-fashioned because what, after all, is a man? So you step left and left. In fact, I was preaching about uh, Ephesians 5, which says, Wives, submit to your husbands, a couple of weeks ago. And I said, remember the good old days when the word that got us in trouble here was submit, but now the word that gets us in trouble is wives. <laughs> You're right, not supposed right. to you know, identify someone as a gender. So it keeps progressing. And, and that, and the idea is that this is the way that history goes and there's no turning back. You can't stop it. You just gotta, you gotta submit to this, to this lean, to this arch, to this bend of history. So when something like this happens, it says, Hey, we're, you know, you take a step to the right. You're not supposed to be able to do that. We're, we're in a car that only turns left. And then you make a sudden little slight jab to the end. All of a sudden, it's like, wait, we're, the car, someone was supposed to disable the steering, so it couldn't go that way. And, um, and so this is a, it's, a, it's a horrifying thought to those whose, whose minds have been captivated by this, bend, this idea that history bends only one way. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, uh, yeah, you see that. I mean, you see that going on. Um, you know, another another aspect of this whole thing is um, just the, just the just the way these things ought to be argued. Um, you know, I, I still like this. Is I mean, he's been saying this forever. Um, who's the guy now? I'm trying to think of his name. They used to have him on issues, et cetera, all the time. But he he would always advocate for. Um, um, this was it. Great Coco. I can't remember. I'm sorry. I, I, the name is escaping me. But he was talking about uh, trotting out the tot. Remember that tactic? So, oh, so, so so that whenever you're you're wondering whether we're actually centering the debate on what we ought to be debating, and that is, is this a human life or not? Right. You just kind of um, apply the argument to a two year old, <laughs> and if the argument works for a two year old, then it shows that we're we're talking about a human life. So uh, we'll, we'll play a clip here. Uh, and Well, let's just play it now. This is a clip okay. from the, um, the White House press briefing. And the, what is it, the, the White House correspondent for the Catholic News Network, EWTN, um, asked about President Biden's position on abortion given his Catholic faith. And this is the press secretary's response. Up on the census law, why does the president support abortion when his own Catholic faith teaches abortion is morally wrong? Well, he believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. Why does the president, who does he believe then, should look out for the unborn child? 
he believes that it's up to a woman to make those decisions uh, and up to a woman to make those decisions with her doctor. I know you've never faced those choices, nor have you ever been pregnant, but for women out there who have faced those choices, this is an incredibly difficult thing. The president believes their rights should be respected. Go ahead. I think we got to move on. Wow, she didn't want to stay on that one too long. Okay, no. so so here's here's the the thing. Um, the argument, the retort is, well, you've never been pregnant, so therefore you basically are not entitled to your opinion on this. So let's just apply that to a two-year-old. So we, let's say let's say you have people killing their two-year-old children, and someone raises an objection. Would it be a fitting argument to say, well, you've never had a two-year-old? So therefore, you don't get to say that we can't kill these two-year-old children. And it, it just it, it actually asks us the question, are we dealing with the matter, which is human life? Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> I mean, it's how do you get around that? I suppose the way you get around it is, I don't know how you get around I mean, I, I, maybe that's part of the genius of the heartbeat bill, because mm -hmm. it makes the issue a beating heart. Yeah. And... And so it's just hard to escape that. I think you, so. So if you're against that, you so you want to stop a beating heart. This is mm -hmm. what you want to do. Mm -hmm. We uh, and and maybe that's part of the you know all these personhood bills always were failing because they could kind of distract it with the smokescreen. But mm -hmm. but mating maybe it's the sort of very visceral sense of a of a heartbeat that gave this the the rhetorical power to sort of press through I, I i don't know but yeah i mean i think it's a good argument what do you, i mean how how do you think people re would respond to that well um i mean i think with more red herrings like we just heard you know so um when, when the when the question is is this a a human life i think that that um, is a position that is that is a question that's very clear. Um, I suppose there would be some interesting debate about whether a fertilized egg uh, that has been fertilized for ten minutes. You know that that might be um, a question where not everyone would agree. But when you have a fetus with a heartbeat bumping around, you know, uh, feeling pain. There's little question whether this is a human life. The real question that um, we're debating that we're not talking about is, do I have the authority to end another person's human life? And uh, normally we would say, well, no, that's morally wrong. But for a lot of people, what stands in the way is my right to sexual activity. So mm -hmm. to preserve that perceived right becomes more important than the preservation of human life. 30 seconds. You know how in the old people balk at the Old Testament where parents could stone their children for being disobedient? And they're like, <laughs> how dare you? Well, that was... You've never had well, children, okay. obviously. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But that is now you can, you can kill the children even for not for just being inconvenient, you know, for being in the womb. And right. How you... You take that authority of capital punishment and you apply it to your own child in the womb, which is just horrific to imagine. This, this the hypocrisy is kind of phenomenal here. I agree. But but there's a there's a problem with this whole my body my choice, and maybe we should take that contradiction up. 
on the other side of the break. Indeed. And what do you think? Give us a call. 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652. We're going to be checking in with that voicemail right on the other side of the break. So call in now and maybe get you in before the break. We'll be right back. It's really classy up here. Table Talk Radio will be right back. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Okay. You want to do this? Uh, we're going. Let's do it. We're going. Well, it was the kind of standard mantra of those promoting abortion to say, my body, my choice. Now, that itself is a red herring. Again, we could we could use the trot out the tot example on that, but but it's sort of assuming that people are advocating for ending their own lives. And I don't know that that's what they're advocating. They're ending they're advocating for ending another person's life under the guise of my body, my choice. What are your thoughts on that little mantra? Right. Yeah, yeah that's right. It is so, it is, it's very strange how, the, you know, the so people have pointed this out before, the words of institution, this is my body, are used now in the abortion argument, which is a kind of wicked hmm. um, irony there. But it all is starting to crumble because, uh, you know, this, so we heard Jin Saki say, hey, you've never had a baby, but the, then we say, well, who's to say that that guy never had a baby? Who are you, are you, um, you could be misgendering him. You know, there's a baby, a pregnant, a I pregnant dude differ. on the cover of uh, <laughs> Time magazine or whatever. So it used to be a woman's right. And my body, my choice is now coming up against this. I mean, all of these mandates for vaccines and all this other stuff. And, so, so and he, also the whole transgender thing. I was born this way. I mean, all all of the cliches are running out of gas because the <clears throat> you've we've sort of I, I don't know we've we've passed through one particular barrier and now we're up against another one. So my body, my choice. I was born this way. Those were the good cliches to get us through, like the 90s and the early 2000s but those cliches are now we have to reverse them for this next set of walls that the that the sort of destructive progressivism wants to sort of tear down it's so there's a i don't know there's a kind of really strange irony in this whole thing so that reporter could I mean, have it, the, could the have, same sort of like i said that the reporter could have said so you're going on record saying that people have been born a man cannot be pregnant just just to get that on the record from the white house podium because <laughs> you haven't seen the cover it's, of what yeah what, what, I mean, <laughs> yeah people magazine or time who knows that's probably all of them you know when you I, when you just have the weird this irony of a man woman winning woman of the year i mean the whole thing is is is, is breaking down and so you know it used to be uh, the 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 things we that we were fighting against were so once you destroy that now you go on to the next level so you sort of pick up the spoils of the defeat and you go on to the next thing and so ah uh, yeah I don't know it's so so you know who's being left behind now is all the old feminists because because yeah. abortion used to be a woman's 
health thing, but that now that's sexist apparently. Who I who knows? It's it's the the disorientation of the whole deal is mm. quite phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's go to our voicemails. 1-800-385-7652 is the number. We'd love to hear from you. Comments, questions, church signs, bumper stickers, uh, thoughts about the show. We want to hear from our listener. So 1-800-385-SOLA. Let's go to the first one. Here it is. Who let the dogmatics out? Wolf. Wolf, wolf, wow. who let the dogmatics out? Wolf, <laughs> and get line. Who let the dogmatics out? Wolf, nice. wolf, wolf, Mueller, who let the dogmatics out? Wolf, well, This is a number one line. hit. I think so. Well, that, that that might be the new theme song Wowzers. here on Table Talk Radio. All right, well, thanks I for... I think so. That's pretty good. Hey, <laughs> that is Nice good. singing. Do you know, Kara and I went on our honeymoon. Uh, there's a 19... I better remember this. 1999. And that song must have been pretty new. And the band was right above the room where we were, her, we, we went on this little cruise. And so it was like 24-7, who let the dog in? <laughs> it was an amazing, uh, it was just like they didn't stop. It was on like a 24-hour loop for seven days in a row. Who let the, and everyone, whoo, 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 whoo. So that's the soundtrack of our honeymoon. There you go. Every and, time and, we hear that song. And all these years later, you still get to hear it called in by your listeners. So that's right. That's, that's, that's nice. Good, nice walk down memory lane. Here's another caller. Yeah. Hi, pastors. This is Al from Arlington. And I was wondering if you guys were ever going to change the introduction. The, the introduction. Um, hmm. No offense to the, uh, uh, the guy that uh, uh, wants to crunch the songs. But surely you guys have had at least one other funny bit. Well, just in recently. The three years since you started that introduction. <laughs> just a thought. I can't think of one, but uh, you know, maybe you guys can. So anyway, hmm. continue no. on with uh, is... preaching the word, pastors. Thanks. All right. So apparently, some some have grown tired of the introduction sound bites. But you know, what do you think about what do you think about this for the part of the intro? Ooh, let the dogmatics out. I think that would work Wolf. out. Yeah. Well, I think that'll be really great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I you know our strategy right is which was. People only listen once, so it doesn't matter. Right, you could probably right, do the yeah. same, have the same conversation over and over again. Because people who listen to the show two times in a row, yeah, no one, um, only crazy people. Well, I will, I will send this or comment. very forgetful people. I so. will send this comment over to our production team. I, I've heard they haven't been getting our emails, so I can't guarantee anything will come <laughs> of it. But I will send it over to the production production team and see what they come of it. All right, here's another voicemail. Church sign. On Bethel Holiness Church in Columbus, Indiana, it says, Public notice, all Christians will disappear soon. Thanks, guys. That's a rapture. The old rapture rapture joke. Yeah. Uh, So putting putting the public on notice that uh, pretty soon all the Christians are going to be out of here. It's like a dream come true for the world, you know? Like, I know. They're like, when is, finally. <laughs> CNN is like, when is the rapture going to happen? This is such an... Uh... I know, but at the, at, the, at, the, at the press 
briefings of the White House, that one reporter doesn't show up and like, oh, did the rapture happen? <laughs> uh, he was just called in sick. Hey, oh, okay. I think that there's probably lots of Christians in the White House press corps. Now, the um, what got raptured this last week was Joe Biden's Christian conviction. I was reading that Al Mohler, I don't know who did it. If he did this, he, he puts together this timeline of Joe Biden's abortion views and 1972. Remember 1972? No. Oh, yeah. Remember. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. It did as a devout Roman Catholic. And he's pro life. Just uh. this last week, when he says that this, um, where is the statement, uh, the quote that we have from 2000, from just yesterday, where he says, uh, some people say that life begins at conception. Uh, I do not believe that. Huh. The, I mean, so so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the quote here. Okay, so um, we lost you for just uh, a bit, but just to, September, just, to, I got here. just to recap what you said. So there's a timeline, and it's tracking um, Joe Biden's position on abortion over time. Is that what you said? Yep. Okay. That's right. So he starts out 72 as a Roman. You know, he's always said he's Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. He's pro-life privately. He uh, he's he's pro-death publicly. <laughs> yeah. So, but he, but that's changed now. So September 3rd, which is not that long ago, he says this quote: "I respect those who believe life begins at the moment of conception. I respect that. Don't agree, but I respect that. So." For how many years? So seventy-two to well, I can't do the math, but up for fifty years, it's been. Uh, yes, uh, life begins at he. It's in fact said that he accepted it as a matter of faith, but until September third, now that is gone. That conviction is gone. Even there, I don't believe it anymore, which is a very, very interesting sort of thing because you're not even allowed to believe it privately now. This is this would be my guess. I mean, maybe he actually changes he maybe he actually changes view. I don't know. It's hard to tell what, you know, what's a sincerely held view or not. I, I this this move that even I think like John F Kennedy made where you can have private views and public stances and those can contradict one another and that's that's okay. That 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 kind of business uh, has run cover for a lot of people so they can privately be against abortion while publicly not being against it or supporting it but even that doesn't stand up anymore right yeah now that, that now you're me, not even a, a, i was gonna say that to me is someone who's you know open to the highest bidder i mean if if we're putting in legislators who are not um voting from their core values then you have you, you don't know what you're voting in which maybe is the case in point, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I would want to, when I elect someone to pass in laws, I want to see, well, what are their core values so that I can understand how are they going to operate in this position? But they say, look, what I believe doesn't matter. I can have uh, public views that are different from what I personally believe. Well, then who's going to fill in the public views? I mean, is it just whoever's mm-hmm. going to be beneficial to you more at that given time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why? I mean, it's different. There, there is a sense that the Christians can say, look, there's, I have a moral standard that is not legally enforceable. So, for example, I think that 
looking with lust is wrong, but not legally enforceable. So that is a possible thing to say. I think being greedy is immoral, but not legally enforceable. Mm-hmm. So that's so so that's a, that's one thing. But to say that I've got two totally con- I mean that's a matter of degrees, but I've got two totally contrary uh, positions. Mm-hmm. And I can hold one privately and another publicly. I think that's right. What what then motivates your public position, right. if not expediency or bribery or whatever else? Yeah, good point. All right, the last of your voicemails after this break, where we'll be entering the fourth segment of Table Talk Radio after this brief break. You shouldn't listen to Table Talk Radio. Reverse psychology? Or is it? So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. You know, we've had a liner on this show for a long time that's overwhelmingly true. The you know, some some radio shows will claim to have the smartest listeners in radio. I'm not sure if that's true. But we have the most persevering listeners in radio. Absolutely true. <laughs> no doubt. If you've if you've hung with us for those, you know, two episodes, then you are among the most persevering. But here uh, we have a listener calling in to our voicemail system at one eight hundred three five. So this is what it sounds like. Hey guys, this is Dave from Las Vegas. You should check out Material Boy by Sir Sly. It might be good for a preaching to Hollywood segment. Thanks a lot. Bye. Well, you know, Pastor, how we like to be all things to all people. So if we can, <laughs> it's very biblical. Yeah. Also, we don't like to do show prep. <laughs> you guys, well. if you have an idea and it's easy. <laughs> There's like a hundred and ten percent chance it's going to get through. <laughs> and we just like being accommodating. Uh, and there's that too. Okay, so here's <laughs> Sir Sly's Material Boy. Yeah, bad word coming up, by the way. 
So let's stop it there. All right. So uh, what do you think of this one? Deeply American, which is to say I'm deeply ashamed. I wonder what the world would say. There's that your buzzword, by the way. Shame. Hey. I'm probably sick from my secrets. Politically daft, but we're in deep. I can't tell the circle that the red has got me paranoid. I can't tell the circle that the red has got me paranoid. Superiority keeps me annoyed. It bears repeating that I'm sick and I can't quit. No longer Christian, but I'm still afraid of judgment. Chorus, I opened up my heart and found a spiritual void. This is a spiritual world. I'm a material boy. Okay, so the author here is remarking about how he loves the things in this world, the materials and things like that, but it it is uh falls rather short. It's um it's not actually that fulfilling, you know, in the, looking for certain remedies, goes to a therapist, takes medication, none of these things are actually working, and then when he looks at his heart, he finds this void. It's a it's a void that cannot be filled by material things, but it's a spiritual void. Um, so it is interesting that uh, this line at the bottom of verse 2 says, no longer Christian, but I am still afraid of judgment. What do you think about this song, Pastor? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out this line, which is poetic, I think. I'm only as sick as my secrets. What do you think that... I'm only as sick as my secrets. That reminds me of, in some ways, of Psalm... 32, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old for groaning all the day long. Confess. In some ways, this reminds me of Augustine's um, confessions, confessions yeah. where, where he's going through and trying to figure out his problem. So you got therapy, you got drugs, you got all these other things. It's kind of Solomon-esque. And this spiritual void, that's where Augustine talks about the hole in the heart that only the Lord can fill, because we were created in the image of God. Now, I think that... That image has been misused, but there's something profoundly true about it. So that this reminds me, this kind of searching and recognizing um, that. Uh, so here's the the key problem. I've it's this is a spiritual world, and I'm a material boy. Is that we have become completely unequipped to deal with the true realities. Because we think of, we consider everything to be only measurable. Mm. The problem is th- this can slip so easily into this kind of Gnosticism mm-hmm. of the spirit is better than the body as the solution, which I think most people then do is when they realize mm-hmm. that there are more profound things in this life than a full belly. And so they start going on a quest for deeper truths and they they become gnostic as if the body or as if creation is not the way to those things yeah that's but, well said so that we'd switch so a person starts out being all physical or all material and realizes that there's a shortcoming in that and then they just go to the other extreme saying well everything's spiritual then there's uh, there's nothing that's good that is physical and yet the the, the that Christianity presents to us that God created us soul and body so that both are good as creations of God. And he redeemed us spiritually and physically through the resurrection of the dead. Yeah, that's right. Every good gift comes to us through our bodies. 
as the Lord has arranged it. It's amazing this little line here, no longer Christian, I'm still afraid of judgment, is so <laughs> you see that the fear of judgment is presented here as a uniquely Christian thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably a really insightful line. So most people say, oh, you're afraid of judgment. That mean, that must mean you're a Christian. And if you would get rid of your Christianity, then you would no longer have anything to fear. Because after all, if there's no God, there's no judgment. But there's a difference between believing there's no God and there actually being no God. And the conscience is always a contrarian. This has to do with this business that we were talking about last time, why everybody feels persecuted. There's always a contrary voice in the conscience. For the Christian, that contrary voice is the flesh, the devil. For the pagan, that contrary voice is the moral law written there. Uh, Maybe even for the Christian, that contrary voice is the moral law, when I'm plotting some sin or whatever. And so there's always a contrary voice in the conscience, and so we just can't escape it. It's it's an um, the, the, Dr. Budashevsky talks about this voice of the conscience as that which can't not be known. Mm-hmm. We we the voice of the conscience can't be ignored. It can be suppressed, but it's there. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, the it, the act of suppressing the voice of the conscience is proof of its presence. So. This fear of judgment does not go away when belief in the last day is abandoned. It's not so easy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, We might even say that this is completely backwards. So he says, no longer Christian, but I'm still afraid of judgment. As if to be a Christian is to be afraid of judgment, but it's actually the opposite. To be mm-hmm. a Christian is to not have fear of judgment, um, mm-hmm. because the one the, the one who um, stood in our place stands condemned for our sins, for our transgressions. So we have no fear of judgment. But the perception is we're talking is about that, this. And go ahead. No, go ahead. The perception is is that if you're a Christian, you're as you as you said, you're the only one that that has a morality, basically. Right. We were talking about this in Worldwide Bible Study this morning, so how the—what um, verse were we? We were looking at Titus 3, and it talked about some, such were some of you enslaved to your lusts and desires. and But the world, or the devil, or whoever, the flesh, presents the slavery to desire as freedom. And, and fighting against that slavery, which is what the Christian is doing. The Christian is— in some ways, the the Holy Spirit ha- is an abolitionist, and the Holy Spirit sets us free from the slaveries of sin, the slaveries of the passions, of the base passions that we have, the slavery even of the fear of death and of death itself. The Holy Spirit is setting us free, and we are part of that um, divine rebellion against the enslavement to sin and death, and yet the the world sees that as slavery. I'm going to keep the commandments of God. I'm going to pursue chastity. This is where the big one is, sixth commandment. I'm going to pursue chastity. And the world sees that as slavery rather than freedom. And so they are fighting under the banner of sexual liberation, which is slavery to your base desires. That's what that is. So the fight for, the fight for freedom is truly an act of enslavement, uh, just with better marketing. (laughs) 
And so, uh, and so you're you're 100 right. Is that the world sees the Christian as those who are enslaved rather than those who are free? But it's a it's a trick. It's a it's a mental imaginary trick of the conscience, because the only way to be, I mean, you say, well, look, I can I can get rid of theft if I get rid of private property. Hmm. I can get rid of murder if I don't have any any if there's no such thing as life. I can get I can get rid of the guilt of sexual immorality if there's no such thing as marriage, but that doesn't work. You can't. So we try to destroy the institutions to get rid of the guilt of breaking the institutions. But the only true getting rid of guilt is the forgiveness that Jesus wins on the cross. Yeah, indeed. Well said. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like the notes in the margin of Joe Biden's Catholic Catechism. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.